for this awesome man. Yeah. All right. There we go. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is a good morning and great. To, great to be with you. And uh, and I, I know I've been uh, preaching a lot lately. I thought everybody's probably got there full of me. I better get out of here for a bit. And uh, but it's uh, we are. It's been a, a fantastic. Uh, last month. If you've not been here, if you just joined us today, welcome. And uh, it's so good to have you here. We've actually been in a, a really significant month for us as a church this time of year. Often we stop and we sort of refocus and, and remind ourselves, you know, and, and look at, you know, God, where are you taking us as a church? What do you have for us? So we've been in this series called And They. We've been looking at the church through the, the book of Acts, at the story that God was writing there and reflecting on both the story that he's writing there and the story that he's writing through us and the invitation to each one of us to join that. Uh, so man, it's got to be, if you had a good time at All In last weekend, can you give me a clap? Give me a little bit of a shout. Just, it was... Uh, it was just a phenomenal day, and a huge thank you uh, to, as well, everyone who was kind of just going above and beyond serving to make that happen. Our church is filled with the most incredible collection of people. Uh, if you were out of town and, and didn't see it, I mean, you, you couldn't go to Perth Arena and watch, like, a more dedicated team of people put together a stage, sound, lights. You wouldn't go anywhere and find a more committed group of people creating a, a space to connect than where this festival was, down to every detail, uh, the people sitting out of the service just to cook food so that everyone could have food. We have the most, can we give a big shout out to everybody uh, who is just a part of just creating, uh, you know, just an unbelievable space. It was just fantastic. And, uh, and, and part of uh, this kind of and they series uh, is, is about going, you know, there is a story, the, the stories we read about the amazing things God does in the book of Acts, and the spread of his church, and the spread of the gospel from starting in just this one small city in Jerusalem, to spreading outward to Samaria, to, uh, to Judea, Samaria, and on to the ends of the earth. That's not a story that has finished, but it's one that is continuing. And that all of us are, are now in our day, in our space, we're invited into that story. And so we've been thinking about part of the, the story God's writing in us. We, we also this month have been celebrating what we've seen over the last year. Uh, last year in June, we kicked off a, uh, this season of momentum, we called it. And you can, if you don't have an and they booklet, if you're new, you can read all about this in there. But we had this, this year called momentum. We'd seen a lot of things God was doing in our church. Great, incredible moments. And felt God was calling us to continue to move forward with momentum. If you have forgotten even the, the story of how we sort of felt God leading us in this, it kind of started all the way back last January. I, I was away uh, on a retreat at the beginning of the year just to pray and to seek God, what he had for our church. While I was there on my own just praying, this word was coming to me, momentum. And we as a church had just kind of opened brand new facilities up in Marowa. There had been launched new campus. It was kind of a hectic time. And I was really hoping for the Lord to say a word like chillax, you know, just kind of, why don't you just chill for a minute here? You know, I was going to receive that. And, um, and he gave me this word momentum. And I was like, oh, Jesus doesn't, you know, I'm not sure about this. And then kind of came back. Uh, from that retreat, early in the year, we had our first elders meeting later that month, and uh, our chairman uh, of our elders, Brian Smythe, said, hey, Dean, I've been praying, been hearing from God. Could I kind of take the beginning of this meeting? I just want to share some things that I feel God's put on our heart, and I'm like, that's great, because I don't want to share anything. I, I just want to just relax, and, um, 
And he's speaking and he's sharing stuff God was teaching him through some stories through the Old Testament. And he goes, and all this, God, I felt he laid this one kind of word for me. And I think maybe it's even a word for our church as well. And he puts up onto his PowerPoint presentation this word, momentum. And I heard that. And I was like, oh, far out. You know, you just like, and it was like, in that moment, um, I, I was like brought to life in a fresh way because God had spoken. And when God speaks something, it isn't just a word. It literally can bring you to life when he speaks something into your life. And we began to talk as an eldership and team, what is this going to look like? What, what do we need to do? What would momentum actually look like? And we set a number of goals for the year. And to just kind of say, you know what? For all the things God has placed in our, our 10-year vision, the things he's calling us to, what will it mean to go, let's not chillax, let's not go maybe next year, let's not go somewhere down the track on this, let's continue to move with momentum. And, what, and that was, was about lots of things, it was about big goals, it was about an attitude, it was about a, a posture towards God and towards the things he had for us. Uh, we had, and um, we've seen God do incredible things kind of throughout that year. Saw more baptisms in uh, last year than we've ever seen before in a year. We've just seen great story after great story. And as we, and one of the things that, you know, you see in the booklet, we had certain goals for the year, big picture goals to say, if we're going to keep moving with momentum towards the future God's called us to, it was going to mean a, a $1.5 million target in giving for the year. That would allow us to really get ourselves in a position of, of, of strength so that we can keep going forward, not have to pull back. That would allow us to continue to grow with the growth we are experiencing. That would allow us to take the next steps in the things we want to see happen right here in Mullaloo and, and how we continue to become a, a, an even greater outreach to the community. Now, as we finished about year, uh, about year, feels like years and years, and, um, but as we finished about month nine, you remember if you were here, we had a, an update and just kind of saying towards those goals, uh, we were looking at that point that if everything continued as is, that we would probably finish around the 1.3 mark. And we just brought that to you and, and people responded, by the time we hit month 11, we went, we're, we're on track to finish at about 1.4 of that 1.5. And that felt good, and we had to wrestle and say, you know what, this is a good finish, but we really felt, you know what, if we're actually going to do what God's called us to, we need to press towards that 1.5. And that was, uh, and so if you've been here, you know, in the beginning of June, we talked about, you know what, this is the gap. This is where we believe God's called us. This is what we believe he's asked us to, going all the way back to how he set all this in motion. And we're about 100,000 short. We need a, a miracle offering. We never had an offering that big in our church. We thought this would have been just one of those moments that, I, I don't know, you just kind of say, God, what, what do you want to do here? And so last week, if you know, we took up a, a special offering, just inviting people to be a part of this and see what would happen. And if you come back in two weeks, we actually will have it counted and know what's happened. So two weeks, we'll be back. Someone will share it with you. But we're going to move on to our passage today. And uh, because it takes a while to kind of make sure. And uh, no, do you want it? Are you interested? You, would you like to know? Yeah. All right. So we set a target. And just know there's nothing wrong with not meeting a target if it's what God wants. We set a target of about $100,000 to reach that goal. And we had somewhere over $175,000 come in. Can we praise God for that? And that is just incredible. And 
If that doesn't bring joy to your heart, then one of the reasons would be because you think we're talking about money right now, and we're not. We're talking about how God is glorifying his name in this world and is going to express his love to even more people than we've yet seen. And that's what we're celebrating today. And we ended up, and some other kind of odds and ends happened, and, and we have finished where we said, God, we feel like momentum would look like 1.5 million over this year, and where we came close to the end thinking, uh, are we going to get close? We've ended up for that one-year total has come in just a few dollars over $1.6 million. Can we praise God for that? Like, I mean, just shout and give him a clap. In fact, can you just stand up for a moment? Can you stand up? Because to be honest, these are moments. We literally are seeing God do something that is impossible. Something that is just out completely. There's no way something like that just happens. Unless the spirit of God is moving through his people. We talked about momentum is about two things. It's about mass. It's about each and every person. That's what starts being momentum. It's about when every person is involved. And you just don't see something like that happen if kind of half the people are going, I don't know, see what happens. You see something like that happen when God's people are going, yep, that's me. And you see something like that happen when with mass times velocity. You see it when people go, God, what are you asking me to do? Bam, I take a step. That's velocity. Steps of obedience. Not steps of waiting or procrastinating or discussing, but just going, Lord, what do you want from me? That's it. Whatever that is, I'm taking a step. That's what we've seen. And that is what momentum has been all about. One of the things I'm so excited about, I know one of our, our number one goals, we wanted to have every person have an encounter with God, with their generosity, how they're a part of his mission. And we have seen something incredible take place in our church. It's amazing. Can we take a moment just to praise God? I want to pray. In fact, I encourage you, you might want to lift your hands to him if you want. You can open your hands. But take a moment and just in your own heart, let some of the joy sink in that we are living one of those Acts stories where the incredible happens. Where stuff that would make the outside world look and go, this just doesn't happen. We are getting to be a part of that kind of moment and that kind of movement of God in this world, where all his people say, my resources are not my own, but Lord, how can they be a part of seeing your kingdom go forward? That's what we are getting to live and be a part of. And Lord, in this moment, we come together, not in awe of amounts of money, but in awe of you, in awe of how you are continuing your work in this world and how you are able to take even the smallest of what we might offer and multiply it into something that we can't even believe. We thank you that, Lord, you are not done building your church, but that the church that Jesus is building is continuing to advance with incredible momentum. We thank you that, Lord, not even the gates of hell can pre prevail against it, but that, Lord, your good news is indeed going out into all the world, to the very ends of the earth. And we say thank you for allowing us to be part of your story. It is our privilege. Thank you, Lord. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Can we give him a shout of praise and just a clap of praise today? It is just... 
an awesome thing to celebrate how good, how amazing is our God. And I hope today you'll, you'll end up leaving this place even more convinced of the greatness, the realness, the, the, what the things are that God has for you in your life. Why don't you grab a seat, grab a seat. And what we are going to reflect on today uh, as we, and my hope today, I, I hope today as well as you're here, uh, you know, if you're a part of this, I hope today you just feel a great encouragement from God because I know every one of us has had to listen to him and say, God, what do you want? And I just want you to feel a great encouragement and sense of, of your father's joy uh, because what I can tell you and, and I sense and know is God, he is, he, he rejoices when we trust him in faith. Uh, and today, what we're going to look at, we've seen something really just one of those movements of God happen, something really miraculous. I'll be perfectly honest. We put out there, I didn't think this would happen. <laughs> Full of faith, leader, right? Great. Onward. So what I did feel very confident was God was asking us to, to pursue this and to trust him with it. And, uh, and I love uh, what it's like sometimes to see what God does. And what I hope now is that for what we've seen God do, uh, momentum as well. Just know this. We haven't now switched from momentum to chillax. You know? We haven't gone now. Great. Momentum's over. Let's start working on the year of decline and slow. <laughs> Let's work on the year of slowly kind of just. No. We believe Jesus is building his church. Nothing can stop it. And that actually his church is called to go from strength to strength. And we're supposed to just continue going forward in the things he has for us. And what I want us to, as we come out of momentum and God has done something in our hearts and done something in our midst, what I hope and believe he wants to speak to us about today is how, how do we learn from this moment everything he would want us to. And that's as a church. That's as individuals. That's just to go... That, that, forget all the numbers, that's fun and we celebrate it because it gives us a tangible expression. But at the end of the day, what God is most concerned about is who you become in Christ, who I become in Christ, who we become in Christ. And so how do we make sure we take from this moment everything God wants to do in us as we go forward? Does that sound good? So we're going to look at uh, how, uh, how we respond to miraculous moments. When we see God do something that's out of the ordinary, that's extraordinary, that you just go, this is a, an only God kind of thing that you've seen. How should we respond to those moments and go forward from them? And so we're going to look at a story where Jesus addresses uh, this very thing. And he, uh, he, it starts in, it's in Matthew chapter 16. And there, uh, Jesus is having this encounter uh, with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, let me hear you say Sadducees. Did anyone else ever, you sing that song, they're, they're so sad, you see? Did you sing that? That's, that's so sad. And um, they were so sad because they, one of the things, they, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They had no joy. They had no hope. But so Jesus, this is one of these two encounters of uh, kind of Jewish leaders. And he's always uh, having these encounters, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. And in this one particular encounter, uh, this is just on the heels of Jesus is fed uh, the 5,000 uh, with a handful of bread and loaves and fish. He's fed 4,000. Yet again, the same thing with just a handful of bread and fish. And he's in this now dialogue with Pharisees and Sadducees. And they say to him, Jesus, give us a sign. We want you to give us a sign. And what they're saying is, we want you to do something. You know, prove you think you're God, you think you're the Messiah. Give us a sign. Do something to kind of show us that's who you really are. 
And we're told they were trying to test him. They're trying to try. And Jesus says, look, and he basically says to him, in, 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 in summary, he basically says, look, you guys are good at reading the sky. You know what? You look at the color of the sky. You look at what's happening outside. You can predict the weather. You know, I was walking in this morning. I saw the blue sky and the sunshine, and I predicted to some people, by the time we go out of here, it's going to be warm today. You know, you could tell by looking at it. We'll see if I'm right at all. I don't know. Um, Jesus is saying to them, you look at the weather, you can see what's going on. And he says, look, this is, you know, you're asking me for a sign, but I'm not going to give you a sign. You want me to, you're going, you know, show me the miracle, Jesus. Like, prove it to me. Show me who you are. And Jesus says, I'm not going to do that for you. And he says, the only sign you're going to get is what he says, the sign of Jonah. And he's saying, this is the sign I'm going to give you. I'm going to end up, and he's in a, in a foreshadowing way, saying, I'm going to end up going into the tomb. I'm going to be buried for three days, and I'm going to emerge alive. Uh, but they're not seeing it. They're not seeing what's happening. So Jesus is having this really kind of moment with them going, you know, you, you just want a miracle. You just want a sign because you, you want me to let, you want God to just prove it to you. You want me to just sort of prove myself to you. And it's like Jesus goes, that's not what miracles are about. And he says, you, you're missing it. You're missing the meaning of the things I've been doing. You're missing what I've actually been up to. You just, you're kind of coming at God with this posture of God, show me, you know, show me you're real. Show me that this is your servant. Show me, you know, and he's going, they're coming at him with this kind of show me the miracle sort of attitude. Jesus, give us a sign. And Jesus says, that is, that's not what miracles are about. And what he's really challenging them is their posture towards God. That they were looking at God and instead of with uh, humility and humbleness saying, Lord, what do you want to teach us? And Lord, how do we understand what's happening here with an open and receptive heart? They're coming at him going, you know, prove it to me. Prove it to me. Now, Jesus, after this, he gets in a boat and he's like, okay, hey, that's enough of that. And he gets in a boat and he's starting to head to the other side of the lake. And, uh, and he's going there with his disciples. And they've just left this conversation that we've encountered. And here is, is the conversation he now has with his disciples. It says, when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Uh, Mark's uh, version of this lets us know they, they had probably one loaf of bread amongst them. And Jesus says, be careful. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they discussed this among themselves, and they said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. Now stop for a moment. We go back to that. These guys, they've been with Jesus. They watched him feed 5,000. 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and some fish. They not only were there and saw it, Jesus broke the bread, gave it to them, and they were the very ones who distributed the bread to 5,000 people from a handful of loaves and some fish. This happened a second time with 4,000 people in this same scenario. They've now just sat as Jesus got into a dialogue with the Pharisees and the Sadducees around signs from God and understanding what's going on. Jesus, you can imagine this scene. 
he's clearly kind of, this was an intense moment with the Pharisees and Sadducees. There's probably a degree of, uh, you know, you can kind of imagine them in this boat and probably maybe like, wow, that was intense. And everybody's kind of quiet. Ever been in a situation like that? Jesus, he's your leader. He's, he's maybe quiet. He doesn't, we only get one sentence that he says. Sometimes I kind of picture it's almost like they're going along on this boat and, you know, sort of like, yeah, nobody talk. Like, it's just quiet. And uh, that was a bit rough. You know, that was a harsh word. Like, he gave a harsh, harsh word to this group of people. Now it's all quiet, and everybody's sort of just kind of playing it back. You can imagine Jesus there kind of, you know, reflecting perhaps on this conversation, reflecting on the hardness of these people's hearts, reflecting on what he's had to. And he just kind of imagines kind of dead silent, and then Jesus speaks. And he's like, guys, just be careful. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then, like, nothing else. <laughs> and now they're all like, right, okay, cool. Uh, and now they start discussing it among themselves. So now Jesus, I don't know, maybe he was sitting nearby. Maybe he had gone down to the bow. Maybe he just walked up for a minute, and he was just like, I, I'm just going to make sure. I'm trying to teach these. You guys are my followers. trying to teach you, trying to grow you. You know, I want to make sure you know, uh, be on your guard against the east of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now these guys are sitting there, and they start going, you know, imagine Jesus kind of, they're talking, they're like, all right. Uh, what, what's he talking about? <laughs> uh, what, what, do you, what do you think he means? Like, be on your guard against the yeast? Like, what's their yeast going to do, you know? <laughs> Are we going to get, and then, and what they settle on, what they settle on is we're going to the other side of the lake. Oh, we only brought one loaf of bread. We don't have enough bread. He's frustrated. We, we should have, like, who, who was in charge of the bread? Like, just, were you going to get it? Like, I thought you had it. You didn't get the bread. Like, I thought we got one loaf of bread. And he's frustrated. And when we get over there, we're probably going to have to make the bread. And if we have to make the bread, do not get yeast from the Pharisees. <laughs> do not get it from the Sadducees. So we only got one loaf of bread, and we're going to need some bread. And this appears to be how the conversation went something along these lines. So then, Jesus is aware of their discussion. He's either in earshot, or the Spirit's revealing it, or he's just kind of looking and going. And so Jesus has this moment. <laughs> this, this is the 12. This is who I'm training. This is ends of the earth, the mission, disciples, all nations. This is, this is who I'm working with. And he comes out, and he's like, you of little faith, why? Why are you talking about having no bread? This is the conversation you guys are having. Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? Remember that? So if five loaves was enough for 5,000, then one to 12, maybe we'll be all right. <laughs> Don't you remember this? And don't you remember how many basketfuls you gathered? You know how many they gathered? I believe that was one where they gathered 12. And the 12 basketfuls was no accident. It was a sign. It was an indicator that this is a messianic fulfillment, that Jesus is a long-awaited Messiah. Not only can he multiply bread, he's the Savior they've been waiting and looking for. He says, don't you remember that? He says, or, or maybe, do you remember the seven loaves for the 4,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? There are seven, another messianic kingdom expectation fulfillment. And he says, how is it you don't understand? I was not talking to you about the bread. How? 
but to be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And eventually they understood he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And you just, I, I love this moment because it really, one, it reminds you of the humanity of the disciples, the humanity of this moment. Uh, it reminds you as well that if, if you were going to make something up, you would never put this in out of sheer embarrassment. <laughs> but this is what life and faith can look like at times. And here's what we begin to see. Jesus is frustrated at the hardness of heart, the Pharisees and Sadducees. He's frustrated at their approach and what they're demanding of a sign. And he's going to talk to his disciples about how to not end up there. And he's trying to help them see a whole different picture. Now, here's what this teaches us. And here's my hope that, that as we, we've gotten to see something unbelievable happen. And how do we make sure that we, just as Jesus was here going to teach his disciples to grow them, however painful that process may be, as it is with God to me, I am sure that there's some things to learn and grow through these. And here's, here's what we get to understand. Here's, miracles are not about, hey, God, show me, prove it to me what you, what you can do. But here's what we start to see they are intended to do for us in our faith. And the first thing that we realize about uh, miracles that I, I hope you can take away from this moment, from what we've seen God do, is that miracles are always there to help us grow our faith. There is a, a growth that is supposed to take place in us as we see God move in powerful ways. They should grow our faith. Our experience after seeing God do something miraculous, the intended effect is that our faith is not as little as it used to be, that it gets bigger. Jesus' great frustration with his disciples, you of little faith. Jesus is like, you of little faith. That is not to be little faith. There are some contexts where Jesus affirms and tells, you know, even if you have small amount of faith, that's great. You can, if you've got faith like a mustard seed, great things can happen. But what he's getting at here is that you, he's so frustrated because he's like, you have such little faith. And they should have had more. They had, because here's what little faith does. Little faith in this situation, and we're like, how did they have this conversation? How do you watch a guy? How do you literally hand out? You are part of the miracle. And now you're worried there's not enough bread? How are you not going the rest of your life? Going, what, you got a crumb? Cool. <laughs> we're good. As long as Jesus is here, we'll be all right. Like that was what the intended effect should have been. Instead, he says, this is my frustration. You have such little faith. And he says, How, don't you remember the 4,000, the 5,000? The 4, 5, you see, here's what little faith does. Is little faith leaves us in a boat going somewhere thinking, I don't have enough. Little faith is when you end up in a situation where you begin to think, you, you forget everything God has done, and you start to look through the lens of not enough. You start to look through the lens of, see, Jesus is always trying to help. Part of growing in our faith 
is grow. It, faith is so critical to Jesus. There's only two times in the whole New Testament where it says Jesus was amazed. Once he was amazed at people's lack of faith, and once that he's amazed at the faith of a centurion, a guy who theoretically should have had very little faith but had great faith. Faith is critically important because what God wants us to do is our, our trust to rest in him. What God wants us to become as we grow in Christ is a people who no longer see the world just with what we can sort of see and touch and kick and feel. This world is real, but he wants us to be a people who understand that the world of the kingdom that we cannot see, touch, or feel is every bit as real as that which we can touch and kick and feel here. He wants us to live with faith. They were approaching their situation as though they were completely limited by the one loaf of bread they had. When Jesus was like, I want you to know you, you are a part of a kingdom where the, 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 the bread is plentiful. Where it's a feast. Where there's enough for everyone. And I want you to have a big enough faith so that instead of approaching whatever is ahead of you next from a position of, I'm not sure there's enough, that faith is grown to say, in God's hands, what we have will be enough. He wants to grow their faith. That they begin to look at the future and say, here's what I can see with my eyes and touch and kick. And, but I know that there is a greater reality, the kingdom of God. Now, miracles should be about growing our faith. You know, uh, you know, we we don't often we, we don't talk about how much different people give, uh, but I want to just share with you. But I won't give an exact figure how much my my eight year old son he turns eight tomorrow actually how much he was how much he put into the the offering. Now I, I won't tell you exactly, but let's just say if you took all the money he had in his piggy bank, you would not get very far at McDonald's. <laughs> you, you would find yourself uh, struggling uh, to get full. So we began talking with him about giving because one of the things we've been uh, talking and sharing he, he, and is, you know, you get to be a part of this. Is, we're going to see God do a miracle, and you can be part of it. And he had to wrestle with, what am I going to give? Now, he eventually kind of worked out, here's what I'm going to give out of what I've got in this little piggy bank. And for him, that was a big amount. Now, he could have very well and said to me, Dad, I'm not sure that these coins I'm putting in are going to go a long way towards a $100,000 offering. He could have said, I'm not great at math, but I don't know why you're even talking to me about this because I'm pretty sure <laughs> this may not quite get it done. But we got to talk about this reality. God is going to do a miracle, and you get to be a part. And somehow... Those, I don't know how it works. I really don't. But somehow if you put those little coins in, God is going to take that and he's going to multiply it and you're going to be amazed at what he does. And now the reason it makes me so excited as well for him is because I want him to have an increasing memory bank of moments where he's seen God do great things so that the next time he's a part of a moment and he's getting that, and he's celebrating it. And when we celebrated that, hey, you know what? This is what God did. He didn't go, well, I was only just this much. He went, come on. <laughs> Actually, I did that, and he did something similar. <laughs> but he was so excited because he knew he was every bit as much a part of that as, who, as someone who may have put a, a, a large electronic transfer. It's about every person bringing what they've got. And the great thing is, then it grows our faith. 
And the next time, we don't go at it going, but I've only got this. I've only got that. And here's the, the thing that we realize as well. Uh, the miracles, they are about growing our faith. And they are, in contrast to what the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted, miracles are about how we extend kind of the blessings of God's kingdom to others. Miracles are never about ourselves. Miracles are always about how we serve, bless others. They are about how we extend the kingdom. You know, the, 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 the Pharisees and Sadducees were like, I want a sign. Do something. I mean, really show me. I want to see something that just leaves me going like, I, there's no way it's, you must be. You better show me. And Jesus says, that is not what they are about. They are about how God works through us to bless others. Feeding the 4,000, feeding the 5,000. It was about Jesus going, you know what? We are going to extend the blessings of the kingdom, the bounty, the feast of the kingdom. We are going to share it with this entire crowd. It's about disciples going, but we don't have enough. And Jesus going, trust me, in me you do. And I want you to take this and start passing it out. And blessing a whole crowd, thousands of people. And revealing to them 12 baskets, 7 baskets. And revealing that this is not just any miracle, but this is a manifestation of the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Savior, has come and brought the goodness and blessings of the kingdom for all who want do you know, if, if, uh, if you haven't, you know, sort of realized it by now, that the reason we celebrate, the reason I get so excited about uh, offerings like that is because it is, not, it is not about the money. It's about what that money will do. Money is a tool. Money in your life and my life, it's nothing but a tool. We use it to achieve things that we desire and uh, meet our own needs and, and use it for, for our life. But when some of the tools that we have get transferred from our piggy bank into God's hands, he uses it to see people reached. We don't sell the number. It, it doesn't even matter. It's not like we, uh, you know, now uh, there's, it, what it means is more people. This is, I've got a photo for you. This is Friday night. And Friday night was the end uh, of our, our youth camp. And on this stage are 18 young people getting baptized coming out of that camp. And that's worth the clap. And that's worth the celebration. Because that's what, that's what we are about. And when I hear that number, you know what I think? All I think about is more kids like them. More people knowing the incredible love of God. Do you know what I love about this picture? There's 18 kids getting baptized. There's, I don't know, maybe 30, 40, 50 people up there. You know why? Because every one of those kids had two young adult leaders, young you know, people who were baptizing them, who are now discipling them and mentoring and coaching them and loving on them. And it was incredible. You know, our two amazing youth pastors, John and Riley, they baptized maybe one or two. But one of the things that made me most excited was an entire, like, army of young people who are being released into leadership in the kingdom of God, who are baptizing, who are encouraging, who are blessing. I mean, it was incredible. And that is just a small taste. This is the stuff that we go, this is what we celebrate. This is what it's all about. As we go forward with momentum, this was the biggest. They had over 200 people at camp this year. Go further. Biggest we've ever had at one of those. We want to see, that's what we want to see more of. 
kids from tough city. I mean, just experiencing the love of God. It was incredible. Incredible. Next week, you'll get to hear more about it. Uh, the guys will be here sharing because what God was doing, just phenomenal. And we just celebrate that. And that's why we do what we do. You know, the, the, one of the goals of Momentum is, is looking how we take the next steps as we redevelop right here in Mullaloo. How we redevelop our frontage. How we begin to go to the next level and how we build a bridge to our local community. And because of that giving, why I get excited is because we can take those next steps. We're going to make the plan. We'll get to DA. We'll, over the next six months, we'll be working through this process to make a plan and take steps and go, here's what it can look like. Here's how we can achieve it. And we'll see how God continues to provide and take us forward. Because I can tell you this. He wants us to reach more people than we've ever reached right here in this local community. When I hear those numbers and giving, and when I think of something even like this and what we're going to be Looking to do. I think of a lady I met who worked at Meyer and Joondalup. We got into a conversation several months back. Came to find out she lives on Scafella Avenue. She's talking to me about some of the things with her kids. And, you know, she found out uh, I'm a pastor. And, um, and, I was, and she was like, can I get you a drink? I'm like, no, you get me a drink. And anyway, it was like, no, I'm just kidding. She was, <laughs> she's in the perfume, perfume, actually, section. I was buying perfume for my wife. And she was like, can I help you with some perfume? I said, why don't you give me some perfume? And, uh, anyway, just um, forget it. That was... A little, um, and then she's like, "Why well, I don't, how can you ask me for perfume? Yeah, and anyway, it was just, anyway. Um, that is so much funnier in my head. <laughs> clearly, clearly than it was. It had some pockets. There's distinct chunks of you going, what is wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, John 4, read it. It's, I promise it was funny. Um, but talking to her, this is, you know, there's, we got, we ended up in conversation about faith, some things God was clearly doing in her life, what she wanted for her kids, things like this, or her husband, partner. But here was the one thing, she had lived for years and years on Scafella Avenue. She had no idea this was a church. She had no idea what happened here. And what I think about, when I think about doing this, is I think I don't ever want anyone to go in a stone's throw of our church and not feel like I can walk into that space. And we are seeing it. Some of you saw Cecily's story last week. We're seeing what happens when we as a church go not just, hey, come to us, but how do we build these bridges that welcome people in? And I'm confident because of what's happening as we go forward with momentum, we are going to be reaching more people into this next few years here in Mullen than we ever have before. There are great things God has for us. And it's not about us. It's about how God works through us to bless others. And here's the very last thing I just want to say to us about the miraculous and how we go forward from moments like this. Uh, and even as I say, just thank you to every one of you who was a part of it, who you brought whatever your loaves were, whatever loaves God gave you, you brought them, you gave them, and God took it all, and he did something way beyond what uh, I think any of us could have imagined. Uh, is that unfortunately what we learned from this story as well is that miracles are surprisingly easy to forget. They are surprisingly easy to forget. Because we can all look at the disciples and go, how? How? After watching bread be multiplied twice, holding it in your very hands, distributing it to thousands of people, how on earth could any train of thought land with Jesus is concerned that we don't have enough bread? How does that ever happen? But the reason it does for them 
we kid ourselves if we don't realize how easily it happens to us. The nature of miracles is they are surprisingly easy to forget. Probably one of the reasons Jesus is like, look, if that's what you think it's going to take for you to believe, it's just not, just, that's not, miracles, they are surprisingly easy to forget. After all they'd been through, they forgot. They, 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 and Jesus words them, don't you remember? Don't you remember? Don't you remember the five? Don't you remember the four? If you remembered that, I think we'd be having a different conversation right now. That's what he's saying to him. That's why he says, you have little faith. Your faith should be bigger. You should have remembered that. We should be having a different conversation. Maturity would have been to continue going a step forward beyond that. And they took that step. But it took them all the way to the very end of this conversation with Jesus. Then they finally understood what he was talking about. But can I tell you this? Just know this. In your life, you have moments where you have seen God do amazing things. You have your own memory bank of stories. You have your own, and, and, and you might not even think you do. You're, you may say, I've never seen anything. You know what? If you were even a, a, you put in one coin into that offering, now you've got a story. You were a part of what God did there. But every one of us, I guarantee it, you've got stories all the way down to the very first time you understood grace. Down the very first time that Jesus, you, you knew he was the Messiah and decided to believe him. You have a story. You have a memory bank. But we are all so quick to forget. Can I tell you something? You know one of the reasons I'm preaching this today? Monday night, I was reading a book. I've just been reading it for a little while. I happened to come across this story. And as soon as I read it, I felt God, his spirit, take me back through my day and show me places where I operated from a position of little faith. From places where I thought, I don't have enough. I can't. This or, you know, just operated from a place of, but Lord, what about this? And it's like, he's like are you kidding me, Dean? <laughs> are you kidding me? And I'm like, yes. Okay. Understand it. Gentle, loving rebuke. I get it, Lord. Because what he wants is for us to be people who see him move, our faith grows. We remember, I saw him do this, and then I saw him do that, and I saw him do this, and we move on, and we grow, and we come to a new challenge and a new moment. And instead of approaching it with, ah, oh, what are we going to do? We don't have enough. We approach it with, in God's hands, there's enough. Lord, I only have. Lord, I know you want to do this in this person's life, but I just don't have. Bring what you've got. You know, bring what he's put in your hands. And as we do that, oh, and, and here's, so here's the key. And here's what I hope for us. You know, we as a church, we've been able to be a part of a, a, a miraculous moment. What I want to encourage you to do is to make remembering a high priority in your life. We all, we all, we all know this often if you've been around the scriptures for a while. One of the, I think, perhaps the most repeated command in the entire deal of it, remember. And somehow there's no easier thing to forget than to remember. And I want to encourage you, be a, you know what? Your stories, your memory bank, your moments, the things you've seen, remember them, write them, talk about them to others. When you share a story, it inspires faith in that person as they see what God can do. 
We need to be a people who are constantly not just looking at, okay, we're going here, but who are always just looking back on, man, I remember what God has done. I remember, and in that faith, as it grows, we get to step forward into greater and greater stories of what God has. You get to move into new things in your life. As you remember what God's done in you, you get to be a part of the new things that he wants to continue to do in you as you approach those moments with faith. That's what growing starts to look like. Growing in this understanding of the kingdom. The kingdom is here. I'm a part of bringing its blessings into this world and to the people around me. What an awesome calling. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to hand over to Lauren in just a second. We're going to take communion together and celebrate all Jesus has done. Would you bow with me one more time today? Lord, we just thank you today for who you are and your unfailing love in each of our lives. We thank you for, I thank you for every story that is part of each person here, and I pray that in the moments to come, you'd be calling to mind some of those great stories that you want to remind them of today. That, Lord, your, your spirit would empower our memories to just remember and to let the great things that we've seen you do throughout our lives, to let those become those seeds of faith inside us for the future that we might grow, that we might grow into people of big faith, that we might grow into people uh, that you can continue to use. As we learn from each of life's many events, the different lessons you would have us learn. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience with me and with each one of us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.